Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. Our first exercise here in the Eccentric Minute is the K-Box Squat. This is the granddaddy of all of them, guys. One that we use at all levels of our training with a vast array of athletes. A couple big tips. I like to use a something for our hands to support it. Make sure that strap is completely taut at the top. Don't leave it short. Don't leave it long. What I really like the most about it, guys, the iso-inertial wheel, we're going to use this with other squats as well. The other squats are working to depth. These, we're going to get to an athletic position and work our way up. Push hard and make sure you're fighting to hit that breaking force. As we cut reps, we usually cut depth as well to make it a little bit more transferable to what we do. This is an awesome exercise that I can't recommend enough. Throw it in your training. It's going to be great for you and your athlete. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you can find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over 100 different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Cam, it's great to see you, man. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Hey, no problem, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, buddy. Well, listen, man, for the half of a human who doesn't know who Cameron is down there in Elon, let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got to where you are now, bud. Yeah, uh, my name is Cam Ringstead. So I'm currently the head sports performance coach at uh, Elon University. I guess you can kind of go back to where I first started and how uh, Jay and I first met. So I did my undergrad out in the UK. So started there in 2013. Um, did about a year interning and then actually went to go see uh, Keir speak in 2014. Um, heard him talk and I was really interested in coming out to this States, just saw a whole bunch of like, YouTube videos about training athletes in the United States, NCAA. Um, Kier put me in contact with you. I reached out to you, and, and thankfully in 2015, I had the opportunity to come out, visit you um, for the summer. So it's crazy. That's about six years ago now, uh, which is wild. <laughs> that goes by fast. But came out to Richmond, uh, interned with you, and then had a phenomenal time there. Um, Knew I wanted to be in the States. And actually, two weeks later, once I went back to the UK, I went out to Springfield College to visit there because that name kept coming up as a school I needed to go to for to be a grad assistant. I uh, went to Springfield College um, under Dr. Brian Thompson and uh, Adam Fight, now Dr. Um, Adam Fight. Uh, first year, I was an intern. And then in the summertime, I interned at Oregon State with Evan Simon, who's a, another mentor of mine I always kept in contact with. Came back to Springfield College, worked with football, basketball, um, men's soccer and throwers. Following that position, um, I came actually down to Elon as an unpaid intern, so I took a little bit of a risk, especially being a Canadian, not having a work visa. So I had a temporary visa just for a couple uh, 
about a year. So I came down to Elon, interned, um, unpaid, fortunately a position opened up. Um, got a part-time position here, worked with volleyball, tennis, and then that opened up into a full-time position where I went baseball, softball, uh, continued to work with volleyball at that. And then now I'm in the position about two years ago, I started the position I'm in now, uh, which is head sports performance coach. So I work with men's and women's basketball um, directly. And it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride. And I'm thankful I worked with a lot of sports here at Elon, um, but now kind of narrowed it down to working with basketball, which has been great. I can't believe it's been over six years, dude. That's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy to look back. And I still have a notebook. Actually, I think it's in my office here somewhere that I've gone through and just full of notes from six years ago when I was there, which is crazy. So it's good to go back through and see the stuff that I'm still doing now that I learned from you and um, how it's progressed. That's crazy. And that's like a, that's like a crazy, like array of people to get to learn under. Cause you know, K is K and he and DeMarco are kind of similar sort of difference. Yeah. And then the one by 20 stuff here and then the, Boston, Massachusetts area, Springfield stuff over here, and Evan doing different things out there. West That's side. a really, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been it's been cool because I saw, obviously you exposed me to one by twenty, which I've used quite a bit. Berkshansky plyometric extensive intense plyos, um, and then almost like I guess polar opposite, seeing Evan do yeah the West Side stuff. Guys are insanely strong and kind of seeing how I can combine the two to what I like and, and how it fits um, training the guys I have now. So it's been a huge yeah, array of training methods. And I, I mean, I don't want to speak to, the, to say that's more than what everyone's got, but I feel like that's the most vast that most people would experience. They might go to other coaches that have similar training philosophies and learn from them and then stay kind of within a narrow scope of, of training. But I feel like I've been exposed to a broad variety of methods. Yeah, dude, 100%. I think that that's great, especially in a time like now. Yeah. Where, fortunately for you, you get a little chance to breathe. I'm on the last part of my exhale here before the guys get back. But it's it's been a wild 15 months, and we're walking into something that we haven't had in two years, man, and that's an off-season. So let's talk about these last 15 months and what sort of, I don't know, audits, reviews, whatever you can say about it, of your training program you're looking at. And let's start talking about some changes that we're looking at here for these, this coming summer for this general prep for these guys. Yeah, I mean, going back to probably, well, almost two years ago now, that was my first, I guess, offseason with basketball. Um, New coach came in, so there's a little bit of transition period. So I didn't really get the full spring. I had a couple weeks in the spring, probably like three, three or four weeks. Got into the summertime, um, and I was still trying to figure stuff out then. Um, that was really my first time, yeah, being exposed with, with basketball only. Um, obviously, you go through a season, and then we did all right for a season, and then COVID stuff starts to hit around that January, February time, um, and then everything gets shut down and. What I kind of did, I guess, I mean, going into that break where we had that long quarantine period to the summertime was guys had the at-home programs. Um, and what I, I mean, I guess talking just about that, what I would change now is I send them like their lifts. So they had lifts like four days a week, just using backpacks and stuff like that. Um, any kind of weight that they could use. We sprinted, jumped, 
um, did conditioning in that period as well too. But looking back, I almost kind of wish I focused on what would be the most beneficial to them being that period away. Like, I don't think the lifting side of things was really that essential. I wish I'd spent more time on emphasizing the importance of sprinting, jumping, and even like tempo runs uh, for the guys while they're away. I think looking back, that would have been, that would have helped a lot with tissue resilience um, rather than spending more time on the, on the weight room side, like I said, and just focus on the sprinting and, and how we can improve on that. I dig that because I think that that's something that a lot of us are looking at right now is there have been a lot of crazy, unfortunate circumstances that have happened because of these times off, whether it be through the summer or during the season that have led to some pretty traumatic things that have made some pretty significant changes to how we're approaching these off seasons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think even going to this year too, and last, I'll, I'll touch base uh, briefed on last summer as well we we had four guys back in summer one so all of june and then we had the full team back in july which really shortened down our our off season um so really just one summer session rather than the spring and summer so in the fall tower when we came back in july really i mean i'm, I'm kind of a, my main focus at the time is i'm gonna get these guys strong because they've been off for so long um but we came back and I think we, we went a little bit too aggressive and uh, unfortunately I'm, I'm more than open to talk about it too and learn, kind of reflect from my mistakes as we had our first training session back and we did our conditioning test in the morning. The guys had individual workouts and we did a outdoor scrimmage and one of the guys tore his ACL um, on our outdoor scrimmage as well too. So, I mean, it just shows how important load management is and how you can't just jump back into training um, with being off so long. And then another instance that happened was we had the COVID break, and then uh, fortunately, we had a, one of our best players ruptures Achilles um, from being off for so long. So that just kind of it just re reflecting back on I was beating myself up for so long about it too because these are the conversations that should have been having with our coaches. Be like, hey, this is not the time to put him back into a game, or maybe just limit his times being off for so long. Um, but it just it, just to go back to your to your point, just. It's a, it's a time now that we've gotten to our offseason how important movement quality is, tissue quality is, and how we can try and regain that with not having this full offseason. Um, and fortunately, sorry, going on a little bit rangy, but fortunately during the season, our head coach is really good and he allows me to have the guys five days a week. So we train five days, four to five days a week in the season. So I was able to get um, still a lot of this stuff in. So I felt like once we get on or we're coming into our offseason, we're able to kind of hit the ground running because I was able to spend so much time working on uh, tissue quality stuff and uh, and strength work. And our, our strength levels kind of increased throughout the season rather than maintain or decrease what, whatever you might have during the season. Um, so we kind of hit the ground running, but still really focused on how can we get, get these guys to move properly. Um, introduce a lot of long duration ISOs when we got back right away. Um, and yeah, just getting the guys moving properly again before adding load. So when you're, when you're doing those long duration ISOs, is that kind of like what Jimmy talked about? Or is that more like the Jake Tura type stuff that we're looking uh, at? I've actually, I've actually combined a little bit of both. Um, still trying to learn what the best methods are. And I was just speaking to Matt Aldred from Furman, um, who does it as well too. And, and he was showing me the, the methods he uses, which I liked a lot. He does a lot more um, position specific stuff in the, in the uh, ISOs. But yeah, when I was there in uh, Richmond 2015, that's when um, 
Jim was, was talking about it. So I kind of took some stuff from there. So we hold like split squat, for example, we tried, we built up to, I think we just built up to a minute this off season until the guys left. Just each side, split squat, iso hold, push up position, uh, ring row hold. Um, I messed around a little bit with like a Nordic lean hold. I don't know if I want to go back to that one, but I just wanted to try it out um, for a little while. And then also with Jake Turris stuff, we used that a little bit with our guys that have had some tendinopathy issues um, during the season. That seemed to relieve a lot. So we did like a leg extension um, hold with that one as well too. And then over time, just increased the angle of it. Um, but yeah, kind of combining a little bit too, using more of the Jake Turris stuff for guys really with the, the jumpers need. So what then is the next step after that? How, how do you see that driving things going forward and where does that kind of connect the dots between some of the, uh, the things that you feel we all could have been better at this past 14 months? Yeah, I think those, um, I'm open to, to any suggestions. I'm going to try and figure this one out too, especially when we get back for summer session one. I'm starting to add load to these ISO uh, movements. Um, I, lat, or my first off season or last year, we used a little bit of one by 20 method or used the one by 20 method going into the season. Then I really liked it and I wanted to change it and try this year going more kind of Poliquin-esque style with things. Um, so kept stuff on a tempo, pretty much all movements were on a tempo, but still included the long duration ISOs. So just to go back to, yeah, increasing the long duration ISOs, Started from a short period of time and building them up, and the guys were able to handle to handle it a lot better um, over that time period. And then beginning to add load onto it as well as what I'm planning on doing um, once they, they get back for the summer session one. Um, I just think it allows them to get into better positions um, when we're lifting, and also on the court too. Like always, you'll hear coaches say, "I want to get guys to get lower." I think including this FRC stuff, and then also full range of motion while lifting is played a big role in that guys being able to get lower. So I think it leads into that. I, I think I kind of want to keep it in all year. Just, I think Jake Turr talks about, uh, I'm not sure his, his times that he uses it for or times that he uses the, the ISOs, but just including it um, before every single practice just to kind of get the guys um, tissue um, prepped. But also a lot of times when, you have, when they hit it, the guys knees feel much better right afterwards. I don't know if you use it as well too for guys that had um, knee issues or anything like that, but I feel like once they hit it, their, their knees feel so much better afterwards and they can jump sprint pain free. Yeah, I would never question the efficacy of it or the, the success rate people have of it because I think that, you know, Jake and Jimmy, what they, what they say and what they've done and especially, I mean, with as close as Jimmy and I are, like I know that it's been successful. I've got a few guys that would literally rather have me walk up and punch them in the face than to hold an ISO hold. Um, yeah, no one enjoys it. No one do that. Yeah. No one, so. so, like, where we've had more success with things like that has been, like, actually doing, like, warm-up exercises, like TKEs, yeah. Petersons, yeah. Clams, back doing a bunch of stuff backwards. Um, I think people overlook that. I, you know, we talked about that. Well, or even just like, like doing your dynamic warm up backwards into backpedaling and the running, like building up that way. Yeah. Um, like, knock wood. They now. This is all them 
saying that it helps them feel better. Um, they're also, I mean, you know how most of these guys are here because you've spent enough time here. They're, my guys, unfortunately, are smart enough, too, to tell me that it's helping them so that they don't have to do the other stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> so yeah. they're saying it works, so I'm trusting them that, that it works. But they could also be saying that it works because they despise like split squat holds. Yeah. So just to not have to do it. Now, with that being said, we also mask those holds as stretches. Right. So like pushing into like deep hip flexor stretches in that like yeses type lunge, mm -hmm. you're still holding yourself in that with that front leg in that same position, you know, doing it in a lateral squat still holding yourself in that position for 30 seconds you know it's is it loaded no can we probably do it longer yeah i guess if you're to follow the protocol to a t you would have to do one or the other but we're getting a little bit of it in that and we're doing that lunge that split hold in in all three in three planes right so we're going the the lunge forward we're going with the lateral and then we're going to drop step underneath so does that make a difference? I don't know. Do we get it done then? And are we kind of Jedi mind tricking them to do it because we're calling it a stretch and not an ISO hold? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, they may know that though, and they may be willing to compromise with that. Because again, like I'm, I'm almost as positive that the other stuff helps because it's part of his typical rehab as I am that one of my guys is telling me the other stuff works. So he doesn't have to do more of the holds. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I was going to say with the, uh, ISO ones there. Yeah. I remember I was just reflecting back to just six years ago. I remember when we had the freshman in and he did the front foot elevated ISO hold. I can't remember the exact time, but guys first day shaking and then I, Four weeks later, they're able to hold that no problem. I mean, it's still tough, but they're able to hold it no problem. So I just remember seeing that, reflecting on that when I was programming my stuff. Yeah, it's crazy, like how quickly they're able to adapt to be able to do something that is really close to impossible. Like when they start. Oh yeah, even thirty seconds is a killer when you first start, um, and then you get guys going for a minute when they're able to hold it. Um, no problem after that time. So how does that then progress as you get in? Cause you said, you know, you're looking at full ranges of motion and you're looking at the holds and you think that those are things that have helped with the position. So how does that then progress the holds into the more general type full range of motion lifting and then into, cause you guys do a lot of movement work down there. And yep. then into like your jumps and all of those things. Cause I think that that is a part that people have a hard time connecting the dots. Now that's a great call. And I probably have trouble connecting the dots too, but I guess I'll just talk about what we did this off season and then just my plans going into the uh, summer session one. So obviously include those long duration ISOs and we'll still continue to progress them. When we get back for summer session um, one, I see a lot of the time, like I said, doing more loaded ISOs now. And I, I think I'm going to stick with an ISO phase um, for this summer session one. But in that time, just in regards to plyos, 
mainly focusing on our extensive stuff in summer session one. We didn't touch too much of it um, in the off season. I kind of wanted to avoid a ton of jumping. We did a little bit of sprint work, so acceleration mechanics. Um, a couple of our guys struggled with that, and we had freshmen come in that didn't really have the best mechanics, and I didn't have the really the opportunity to work on it with them um, since we kind of jumped in the season right away, and they're only here for July, and then we started right away. Um, so really focused on that. So yeah, summer session one will be extensive plyometrics and um, kind of yeah, trying to connect our the stuff that we've been doing this off season. So like I said, the, the long duration ISOs, um, those holds, tissue quality work, and now progressing that into a little bit more elastic response when we get into the extensive stuff. So pogo hops, now that the tissue is able to handle that, I'm just gonna start really low amplitude jumps, um, stuff that's not too stressful on the tissue. Pogo, yeah, pogo hops, single leg hops, um, just repetitive ones going down the court. Now I might do a little bit more um, work on the grass rather than going the court first and then progress to the court a little bit later on in the summer session one. Um, but just ensuring that the tissue's able to handle um, the demands of these jumps in summer session two really start to ramp up the intensive jumps. And I still actually have that sheet um, that you gave me from um, Burke Chance for progression on, on, uh, on jumps um, that extends to intensive. So I'm gonna fall something similar to that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to connect, especially with yeah, doing ISOs, but I just really think that's gonna really help the guys ability to absorb the force, reproduce force, if the tissues, I guess, because Jim talks about the alignment of the tissue, that's what long duration isos help with. If we're gonna be able to do that, I just think the extensive um, jumps are just gonna be so much more, um, I guess the right word is gonna be just the ability for them to handle the demands of it more so, rather than just getting into extensive plyometrics early or without the long duration isos. Yeah, man, I think that's great because I think that all too often, especially it was kind of um, exploited these yeah. past 14 months, like in all of sports. I think that like we have taken advantage of the fact that they haven't had time off. And because they haven't had time off, we haven't had to worry as much about that. And we could go almost right away into short coupling, extensive jumps, bounds, dribbles, you know, things like that. And now all of a sudden it's like, we want to do that, but they're not ready. Yeah. So now are we going to be able to elicit a greater response to the adaptation or to the stress to elicit a greater adaptation from these more rudimentary short coupling extensive jumps? Because whether it be longer duration ISOs to help work on the Achilles tendon and the patella uh, tendon and all of those complexes, or is it different loading parameters that we haven't done like charlie brought up you know maybe a reverse lunge is something we need to be looking at more right because that could help load that action that really has been the one that has put the achilles out right that drop step into things can we then by increasing that progressively lead to greater adaptations from low hurdle bounces 
leg to leg bounce. Yep. Springy runs, things of that nature. I don't know the answer, but if I were to sit here and just say common sense should rule, which we know doesn't happen right now, I would say it should. Yeah. I know. I think so too. I just think this is obviously we talked about before, it was an interesting time where in the past we might've been able to start these movements earlier when we've had this full year of training, even during the season, we're able to still train these components. And maybe this year in season, a lot of us haven't been able to train really what we wanted to train because we're focused on just making sure everyone stayed healthy um, throughout the season and not be able to progress as much as we'd like to in season. Um, so I think it's almost taking a step backwards and reflecting of what we need to to set ourselves up to be able to perform these exercises during the summer um, to perform at an upper level, like you said, that are going to transfer transfer to be able to do these short coupling intensive exercises. Yeah, and I think that what also is pretty neat about all this is that now we're able, at least what we've done, and I've been really lucky because Beecher's kind of checked me on a lot of this, and obviously Adam and Sarah have checked me on a lot of this, but really going back and being like, slow down. Yeah. Like, they're going to get a lot of stuff on the court that they haven't done in 12 months. Right. Slow down. Just look to build the basics and strengthen and baby step progressions and simple low level conditioning because in all intents and purposes they're almost back to untrained athletes yeah, yeah. i can see that as well too i mean thankfully like i said we have our guys in season and we're able to train but that was only 25 minutes, maybe a day. We do like the micro dosing um, stuff in the season. But we really haven't spent a, time, a lot of time working on our getting heavier numbers, lower rep range, or even if you're doing one by 20, higher rep range, but still building up the volume and building up the intensity um, that we've had in the past. So, and thankfully we're able to, and I found this kind of helpful coming on our topic here, including complexes in our stuff in season just to make sure that those guys move qualities increase because like I said the freshman we didn't really have too much time when they came in I mean trying to see one of our guys six eight doing RDL for the first time was want to poke my eyes over the fork but um seeing him do it we did it like three times a week RDLs into uh so we would do RDL bent over row and then just the overhead press just to kind of ingrain those patterns um and just doing them so often on my cadence just helped a ton so like now it's I can be, if I'm we're doing open hours, for example, and I'm looking through my office here and I'm seeing him, he's not in here right now, but seeing RDLs, it's like, okay, actually looks pretty good without me even having to say anything. Um, so fortunately on that aspect and the movement quality stuff, we're able to kind of incorporate that, incorporate that, but you're right, they're still untrained and the freshmen haven't got, in my experience, the same training that they should have had or deserved um, going to their first year. So that's really a, a big focus now. Um, and the sophomores. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like these kids, these rising juniors now, they've yeah. never had an off season. No, you're right. Yeah. No, they haven't. Thankfully, the two guys that we have are uh, pretty experienced lifters, which has been nice. So the movement quality is great there as well. But yeah, they haven't really had the same amount of experience in a lot of the movements that I wanted to, to have. And as much as you think that is challenging, 
that almost ends up being kind of a weird blessing in disguise. Yeah, you get a fresh athlete starting from new. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of... Yeah, and it's like you, you, you almost... Being hamstrung with a kid that's older like that where they have to do the basics because they haven't done the basics, again, allows more time, slower cooking. And hopefully, because they're a little bit more mature, even better adaptations because they understand the game, the system, the team, um, all of that. So they can connect these dots better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even guys that I've had, so we have, I usually have a, a foundation, foundation plus an advanced program, advanced plus if there's really guys who get to there. Kind of like looking back and then seeing guys now that have been on the advanced program, I'm like, I don't think you're really advanced. And so I take them back and I've put them back on a little bit more basic program. And then to your point, focus more on those basic fundamental movements. Um, and we're still seeing huge benefits from just doing that. So. It's been nice to kind of see and reflect on the with these guys. And like, again, to your point, like you don't have to rush things. Uh, even with our guys that are going through senior, junior year, it's almost taking a step back and let's focus on these more basic exercises and just get really good at them. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us, at the end of it, because of all of the craziness and a lot of the things that unfortunately went wrong throughout the year, yeah. Uh, are learning that we have more time right now than we've ever had. We have a better opportunity than we've ever had to be able to like start over. Yeah. And especially in basketball, that never happens. It's always go all year. Yeah. It never happens. Like there's never a chance where you're really sitting there and they're not practicing or there's, you know, it's like, they're never not on the court. Yeah. Even, even when we're offshore now, the guys are still playing pick up every night, pretty much, or at least a couple times a week. So they're always still doing stuff um, in the gym, but it's just, now is the time, I guess, with finals and stuff like that, they kind of quieted down a little bit. Now we can kind of start from, start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great, man. That's, that's awesome. Well, listen, Cam, I, I love all this, man, and I, I'm truly grateful for your time, but where can people see more with what you're doing, keep up with what you guys got cooking down there? Yeah, I think the best resource is uh, Elon Performance uh, Instagram page. We, just, we have a Twitter, too. I don't know as much goes on there anymore. Um, but definitely Elon Performance is a, is a great resource. Um, I used to run a little bit, but now it's mostly Coach Marco runs that, and one of our guys, Zach Jordan Newsom, does a great job in there, too, putting out ideas. Um, for myself, I don't really post too much on social media. I'll go through little phases where I'll post something, um, but it's just Cameron Ringstead, uh, C-A-M-P-R-O-N-R-I-N-G-S-T-E-A-D. Um, more it's mainly just me posting my golf season now, um, now that I have time. So if you want to see it, I'll be golf season, feel free to follow that one. Um, but I occasionally put up training ideas as well, too. Um, but yeah, Elon Performance is probably the best one to kind of get um, training ideas. And, and Coach Marco does a lot of great stuff um, on that and posts his ideas. and definitely a different philosophy um, than your typical sports performance coach. So it's been, it's been good to work for him and good to see as well too. 
Awesome, man. Cam, I'm super happy you're doing great, bro. I'm glad we got to catch up, and I'm really glad we got to get this down, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course, Jay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Well, we'll be in touch soon, pal. Sounds good. Thanks. Awesome. Cheers.